you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast. Lived long enough to see Greg become the villain. (laughs) Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Sometimes those money drops pop up, and I don't know where they came from. That one seemed a bit cutting almost, uh, but I don't think it came from this room, so you start to wonder, where did it come from? It's a, it's amazing. I said it early on in this podcast history that that's my favorite part of every of the podcast, and that that remains true four and a half years in. Yeah, I love it. When it's the shout out with faint praise. When the so, shout out is about you, that's what it needs to be. Well, it called me a villain. No, I <laughs> no, always, any I always, good. I always loved it. Your favorite part of the podcast is something that you have farmed out to the listeners, and that Matt Money <laughs> Smith does, and you have well, nothing just, to do with it. Just that it rotates each time. Just the whole, the whole premise thing. of it, and just I like it. It sounds good. It sounds official. It's mm. ours. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Monday edition of the Around the NFL podcast. Uh, taped February 13, 2017. Uh, Wes is wearing his man cannon, so that, that's how you know, despite it being the off season, we're taking this very seriously. I think it was just hanging in my closet, and it was ready to go. Don't yeah. undersell your decision to wear it today. It was the perfect day to wear it. <laughs> and let's... Greg, this is not a shot at you. First of all, good job on your NFL Network hit. That's NFL Network's Greg Rosenthal. It's gotten to the point where Greg is taping these hits seconds before. He's going straight from the studio to the podcast studio, the television studio, the podcast studio. And he start to think, and I just tweeted this thought, is he squeezing in the network hit before the podcast or is he squeezing in the podcast after the network hit? Very different. Greg? I don't think that – I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. The show, first of all, is one to two. It's off the air at two, so it works out beautifully. Have you, That's when we're taping. Have you reached the point where you have handlers who rush you from one <laughs> segment to another? No. Cause it's like a I, trench coat over Greg so no one spots him, none of his fans. If I had handlers, they would have noticed my tie wasn't straight, apparently. Ooh. That's which true. someone on Twitter knows. Uh, but, no, the point I was, I was uh, intending to make just now, Greg, was, you know, it's been eight days since the Patriots won their fifth Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, NFL Network. And there's a whole floor of people uh, that make a lot more than us uh, that made the decision last week to put 90-plus hours, I'm not exaggerating, of Patriots content on NFL Network. And I guess it made sense. But then I come to work today, Monday, eight days later after a weekend spent with my family, and uh, you know we could start spinning forward as a nation from another Patriots glory fest. And today on NFL Network is, and I, I'll quote here, I heart the Patriots day on NFL Network. Another 10-plus hours of programming. Even even for you, Greg, you have to be getting a little sick of all this. No. I mean, who doesn't want to I mean, Who doesn't want to see uh, John Madden tell the Patriots for the 75th time not to 
drive down the field when they get the ball with no timeouts and a minute and a half to go in, in the Super Bowl against the Rams. Who doesn't want to see Troy Brown going across the field to set up the field goal? Well, thousands upon thousands of people don't want to see that, but you were, tru- must get you were truly rating. giddy watching it. I, Greg was – I looked at – well, like you can only really see Greg's from his eye, the top of his eyes to the top of his head <laughs> from where I sit. But I heard a little giggle about watching that final drive. Well, we got very, back to lunch, yeah, right before it. Very happy about, you know, a game that, you know, kicked off one of the most amazing fan streaks of anyone in the entire building. Yours. Madden did botch that. A minute and a half left. Absolutely. He called he gets, himself out, though, by the way. I want to say he called himself out. He, he, he said, actually, I'm starting to rethink this, but he didn't say, like, I'm an idiot or anything. <laughs> uh, you know, he's a legend, but that one he got wrong. They had 90 seconds, no timeouts, the ball at their own 17. And against a heavily favored Rams team, and Madden told mm. 105 million people watching at home that the Patriots should sit on the ball and take this to overtime. <laughs> and, of course, uh, that was not the right decision because he didn't realize that Charlie Weiss was on the sideline. Was that who it was that we should give credit to? That is correct. He was Charlie the player. How about giving credit to Tom Brady? One play I forgot. The first play of that drive, he avoids a sack moving in the pocket very well, kind of the kind of the opposite of the Matt Ryan taking the sack play, mm. avoids a five-yard loss, gets five yards. Otherwise, they don't even try that drive. Not John Madden's <laughs> finest moment, but also should be pointed out how much football has changed. That was accepted wisdom in 2001. Mm. That one minute is not enough time to go all the way down the field, and since then, Tom Brady himself has done it so many times. Also, the game played on AstroTurf, a, ver- a very hard-looking AstroTurf at the Superdome, and not in HD. So, <laughs> time times change. Big show today. A big show sponsored, of course, by uh, Mr. Flame's economics class in The Hague, the Netherlands. Mr. F. And if you were listening to the end of our last show, you heard about uh, a dead economist that uh, was nicely eulogized uh, by both Mark and I, I Mr. mean, Adam. is that how we phrase that? He just passed away. What? It was a very, you know, I thought Mr. Mr. F provided, you know, perfect context for someone that I didn't realize was. It important. was very. It was a nice little uh, random. Very nice. Thing I think, at the I end think of our dead podcast. economist feels a little chilly in terms of summing up, you know, the whole thing. There's more to it. Than I didn't that. mean it like that. I know you didn't, but there we I'm go. sorry. What was his Don't apologize again? to me. Hans. Hans Rosling. Hans Very, Rosling. Actually, I would say that more. All, and there must be a wide berth of people that listen to the show because a lot of tweets about that. And to be honest, he was not on my radar a year ago. I had no idea who he was. So some people. Shocking. Well, not. Yeah. But people must love economics. The Rosbaum. People with money love economics. We the, don't have any. The Rosenbag, so. I called him. That is also inappropriate. Is it? All right. I mean, it's yes, it is. I don't want to lose our sponsor, so I'm going to stop. Because <laughs> you're I making it stop. seem like I'm making light of the man's untimely passing. Well, I'm, that is exactly what you seem to be doing. I'm not sure that's what you are doing. On today's show, uh, we will start. We will spin forward, even if our own network cannot, uh, and look ahead to the 2017 season. Uh, and uh, specifically, uh, Greg Rosenthal, you wrote a you wrote a banger. I read it right before it came up. For your franchise tag primer, which you do annually mm-hmm. on NFL.com. And I was curious, and I'm sure you did it going back to your Roto World days and PFT days as well, because I know the way Greg operates. You have your little columns that you like to line up. Yeah, I think out. I did it at PFT for sure. How did you do last year? There were ten people uh, franchised. How did you do last year? I'm just not putting I you mean, on the spot. I have no idea. Okay. Off the top of my head. He got three. I'd correct. have to go look. But you have nine. You have predicted nine players will be tagged. Uh, that the window opens tomorrow and ends April first, March first, March first. 
So we will break down who is likely to be tagged and who will not be tagged. That might be you might get some surprises there. And also one of the big features of the uh, offseason for the around the NFL group, of course, is the top. Is it 99 or is it 101? Depends on the year and the players involved. Okay. The top 99. It used believe. to be 101, but now I think programming told us they couldn't fit that on there anymore. So that Which was is a wild reason to cut it down to two spots. But the top 99 free agents, that piece from uh, it's a it's a, uh, a jam written by both Greg and Wes lands uh, a few weeks from now. But we're going to at least, you know, touch on uh, some free agents to be that might not be tagged. We'll, uh, we'll get into it a little bit. We're spinning forward. You can't, you can't keep us. It can, we can't be in Patriots Wonderland forever. That's what this podcast is about, spinning out of the Wonderland. I mean, we just spent four and a half minutes discussing Rams Patriots from Y2K. <laughs> so. uh, but before we do that, we will uh, check in on the news. And to do that, she is the first lady of the Around the NFL podcast. I think about her all the time. She's new money. Hey, guys. High praise there. Yeah. Almost a little bit too much praise, right? Right on the line. Yeah. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. You're How ready you to go home. You said to us before the show, tough day today. It's been a long Monday. I, yeah. Mm. Long weekend, but still, I just wasn't quite ready for that Monday, that Monday grind. I feel you. Any Disney trips this past weekend? Oh, you know it. Wow. It's <laughs> wild. How many times? Well, we've got like crew. I have a Disney squad that I go with. and Squad it was, goals. Yeah, exactly. I just read that they upped the admission. I saw this on Twitter before the show to Disney at a cool $107 for oh, one day. So. Just in time for my sons to come of age. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. I well, mean, so you've got some cash. Obviously, this new money thing is not completely a fable. Right. It's all going right to Mickey Mouse. <laughs> all of it. Straight the Disney there. fun. Your squad goals are simply to go to Disney as many Pretty times much. as possible. What is the number, would you say, uh, if you had to estimate uh, how many times you've gone to Disneyland? In my life? Yes. Oh, that number has become astronomical at this point just say it i've gone almost every week since i moved back this year so since uh <laughs> it's amazing i mean since august almost every week is it you? i have never been have you gone to disneyland a hundred times mm, i don't know if it's quite at a hundred probably close to 50 though we need to do a sydney disneyland podcast i like that we need a long season. form on this yeah long form really break it down hey let's do some news sid Greg is just flabbergasted, by the way. Greg is like, get to my column already. No, <laughs> no. I'm holding my Salsa tongue. Salsa time at Big D. Victor Cruz with another. Translation, Greg wants to say something really cruel and wicked. No, I'm, yeah. I'm confused to about wonderful the Dis- Sydney. I'm not alone in being confused about the Disneyland thing, and, and there are some things in life you just aren't going to understand. I'm going to do some research about this. I'm going to find out why Sydney loves Disneyland so much, and I will report this because I am the Around the NFL Media Insider. Why are you shaking? This is the worst subplot that this podcast has ever, and it's not embraced anything that we that has ever touched us. This is the ugliest subplot yet. When you break. You, wide open, you break the Tom Brady's jersey was stolen. You need to leverage that, and I did that in spinning off into a new career, which is being a media insider. And when I when I break the Sydney story, you're going to thank me for that drop. Well, I'll assume that I will. <laughs> Let's start with the New York Giants, who have made a decision that no doubt makes Chris Wessling extremely happy. 
on this Monday. The team announced Monday that they have released Victor Cruz, NFL Network's Kimberly Jones, citing a source close to the receiver, said Cruz was doing, quote, okay upon hearing the news, okay. Uh, but Victor Cruz is a player, of course, undrafted out of UMass, who became one of the uh, most important players on the Giants' offense for several years, played a huge role in their Super Bowl um, 46 victory and the road to get to that game against the Patriots. Uh, but after a knee injury, suffered in the 2014 season, he missed about a year and a half, came back this year, made some plays, but was not the same player. And now they say goodbye to Victor Cruz, most likely Chris Wessling. Um, you had an issue, Wes, all throughout the past year or so with the amount of coverage uh, Victor Cruz got. But you're a man of the – you're a common man. You position yourself that way. <laughs> I don't position this, myself that way. This this player, this man, Victor Cruz, is an underdog tale of a common man rising up to become a star, and I feel like he should be celebrated. Absolutely. I can't disagree with – the only thing I disagree with is that it's been way longer than a year that I've had a problem with yeah. Victor Cruz. <laughs> okay. That he, from 2011 till week six of 2014 when he tore his patellar tendon, only Megatron and Brandon Marshall had more 100-yard games than Victor Cruz. He was the best slot receiver in the NFL for a two-year period – Hey, that guy should be celebrated. He's he's a big factor in their 2011 Super Bowl win, too. But that guy's been gone for three years now. That's my only point. He probably won't have a huge market, Mark, right? He's 30 years old. I imagine he'll catch on somewhere, but anything beyond a training camp uh, invite, I would think it, it, that's all you can really guarantee. Yeah. Think, yeah, not a huge market and probably much closer to the – to the latter. I mean, he he had a couple moments last season where he make made some key catches for the Giants, but I don't know how you can invest a lot of money in someone that's just been so unreliable from a health standpoint. The uh, the odds on him being on a 53-man roster in week 1. Give us a percentage. 30. Mm. Hmm. I put a little higher, but yeah. I'm I'm 50, not saying 50, I'm saying week one, not not the off season. I okay. I'm saying there's a decent chance Cruz's career is over. That's I, that's not crazy. I think there's a better than thirty yeah. percent chance he'll be doing morning TV in New York. Right, so could see that. The the Giants told us what they thought. They played Tavares King, and sometimes Roger Lewis snaps over Victor Cruz in, in key situations late in the year. He just wasn't – he didn't have that explosiveness anymore. He's 30 years old. Um, I'll always remember – he had one of the biggest plays in Giants history, and it also turned out to be kind of a turning point in Jets history. Christmas Eve 2011, the Giants are 7-7 seven and seven, uh, and clinging to the playoffs. Jets are 8-6, and six, hoping to get to the playoffs for the third straight year under Rex. Third and 10 from the one, a 99-yard touchdown mm. from Cruz where he beats Cromartie, breaks a tackle, and then Eric Smith ta- takes a dreadful angle. And the Giants rally to win that game and then never lose again, win the Super Bowl, uh, one of the biggest plays in Giants history. Oh, and Rex Ryan had a fascination with him. You Remember that old hard knocks where he was trying to figure out who this Victor Cruz guy was? Preseason. Yeah, he was right? number three at that time. That was his jersey number, and he had three touchdowns against the Jets, and he went up to Coughlin Ryan after the game said, who is that number three? Uh, he essentially ended yeah. Rex Ryan's career. There. A- NFC Championship that, that year against the Giants, 10 catches, 142 yards. Yep, 10 for 142, had a touchdown in that Super Bowl against the Pats as well. Uh, good luck to Victor Cruz. Another, Rashad Jennings also gone, by the way. I was going to say, Rashad Jennings let go. Uh, a 31-year-old running back, averaged 3.3 yards per carry last season. And for the, I don't know if I want to call it conspiracy theorists, but for people that are trying to figure out where Adrian Peterson could land, 
Now there's an opening in that backfield uh, in New York. Can't think of an offense that would fit Adrian Peterson less than the Giants. Mm. Why do you say that? They only run three receiver three receiver sets. So it was like 99% of the time, and they're always in the shotgun. It's the opposite of what Adrian Peterson needs. Paul Perkins and Shane Vereen are on the roster. You would think that they're going to add another guy who can kind of go between the tackles. Those two. They'll definitely draft someone. LaShawn McCoy is not happy, gentlemen. Uh, the Buffalo Bills running back had a very, very nice season uh, with the Bills, over 1,600 total yards and 14 touchdowns. Uh, he was overshadowed a bit by uh, Rex Ryan and all the circus in Orchard Park this past year. And uh, now ProFootballsFocus.com has released their top ooh, a top 101 from PFF. Uh, let's start with a scientist real quick here. Any problems with PFF rolling with a top 101? Well, I think ours is 99. Theirs was of the 2016 season, I believe. Or is it just players in general? Either way, it's not free agents. Yeah, but just the number. No, that, I have, that's I, that's branding. I don't think that anyone in this building or anywhere else came over the top one. The concept of a top one hundred list. So <laughs> you gotta can't be too touchy about that. The that. top the top one hundred and one players uh, of twenty sixteen list that PFF rolled out uh, recently, and Sean McCoy not on that list. Uh, so what does what does Shady do? He takes the Twitter, he ats PFF, and uh, he has this to say: "You guys suck." A bunch of nerds who never played a lick of football in your Get life. Get those nerds! Nerd! Nerd! <laughs> I'll indulge myself with a little 80s dad comedy every once in a while. Revenge like of the that. Nerds. That's well done. Always liked Revenge of the Nerds. Very well done by you. Um, so there you go. LaShawn McCoy, Chris Wessling, goes after PFF for having the nerds to not put him in their top 101. No surprise whatsoever that LaShawn McCoy was a jerk about this. This is the same guy who tried to trash Chip Kelly's career by throwing the race card at him. Very brazenly throwing the race card at him. Uh, also ha- decided to have a party where only women were invited, but he wanted to pick out their clothing items. Had to vet them. Yes. Uh, also, I saw him treat reporters worse than I've ever seen any player treat reporters in my entire time on this job. He's just not a good human being. And... This is more of the insider versus outsider things that Howard Howard Cosell labeled the jockocracy, that there is an exclusive club of players. And what they do, number one, they defend that club against all outside criticism. That's rule number one. Rule number two is delegitimize. 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 No, I can't do it either. You don't legitimize them. You do delegitimize. No, use D. Yes, delegitimize. Anyone who's not in the Got club it. as irrelevant. And we're not in the club. We didn't play professional football. So what we say, according to LaShawn McCoy, doesn't matter. Even though athletes aren't trained in communications generally, they're not trained in print, they're not trained in television as a general rule, but what they say matters more than what we say. I don't think it's a coincidence that Football Outsiders is titled Football Outsiders. Mm. They're not insiders. They didn't play the game. I guess my concern would be if you – view these guys as a bunch of nerds who never played a lick of football, do you really care about their opinions so much as to even get on Twitter and address it? A little bit of a thin skin scenario. I right. Think it's, it's a catch-22. You're legitimizing them by by saying this, and you're giving them great publicity. It's a win for, for PFF. For the record, uh, five running backs cracked that top 101 for PFF. Zeke Elliott, 22. David Johnson, 23. Lev Bell, 27. Jay Ajay, 31. And, and Jordan Howard, 75. Uh, and I think that 
LaShawn McCoy, whenever I saw him this season, he was as good as he ever was, in my opinion. And he probably deserved the spot in this list. But PFF has their own. They have a very set style of rankings. And just for the record. Pass blocking killed them. And blocking in general. I okay. assume it's pass blocking. And neg- <laughs> he probably has some more negative plays because he's willing well, to bounce. Dance he was an MVP candidate for a stretch of this season early on. I think that PFF, for as much good as they do, really struggles to quantify how much blocking means for skill position players. Remember when they had Ben Hartsock as the number one tight end? Right. right. I mean, you, you. I don't think you can watch the two seasons and think Jordan Howard had a better season. I agree with you. Yep. But, but blocking, you know, blocking lost the – you know, having a running back that couldn't block lost the Falcons a Super Bowl with Devontae Freeman. Yeah, that's fair. By the way, PFF offers a detailed explanation on their site how they grade players. And according to the site, the grades are, quote, verified by the Pro Coach Network and their 400 years of combined NFL and college coaching experience. So, I mean, <laughs> like I wrote, work it out, guys. But, uh, you know, isn't Collinsworth run that ship, too? He owns yes, it. Yes, he does. I think he has a couple licks of football experience. I don't quite agree when we do things like 400 years of combined coaching. I mean, it's probably how many men is it? We don't know. It could be, it could be five, you know, 400 coaches. Each right. One co- I mean, I know that's not. Right. The, it's like three coaches with a few years and then one guy with like 350 years. Right. That. He's people, a wizard. He's the Yoda of people. He's an old football wizard. Oh right. <laughs> they lives they, in a cave. They've they hidden him in the basement. <laughs> but he doesn't know shit, actually. He's he's the one that knows the least. He's just well, been around a long considering time. Considering football wasn't invented 350 years ago, it doesn't give him much experience. <laughs> the wizard had foresight. What? All right, moving on. The Oakland Raiders, they're staying in business with their head coach. The team announced Friday that they have given Jack Del Rio a new four-year deal. A uh, contract that uh, keeps him with the team, if they so choose, through the 2020 season. Uh, here is a statement from Mark Davis. The Raiders have torn up Jack Del Rio's original co- Only the Raiders released a statement that began that way. <laughs> the Raiders have torn up Jack Del Rio's original contract and rewarded him with a new four-year deal. We are excited to continue building on the strong foundation that has been established, and this is a significant step in achieving that goal. Mark Sessler, right move to get into bed or deeper into bed with Jackie D. Absolutely got to get deeper into bed with Jack Del Rio. I mean, there there aren't that many coaches that you can really count on to last with teams for more than a couple years. He's one of them. He did it with Jacksonville. And moreover, he gets along very well with the general manager. That's an issue for half the teams in the league. And after what we saw this season, this is a guy that grew up a Raiders fan. And he is proud to have this job, and he absolutely delivered and brought the Raiders fans something they have not had in 15 years. So I don't know what is more of a clear indication that this guy's the right person right now for the Oakland Raiders, and of course you give him a contract. He had a great year, too. Great year. He, a, he was blackjack Del Rio. He gave them – he created wins for them. He pushed all the right buttons. The only thing they got caught, Derek Carr getting hurt, ruined their season, but that was not his fault. You could make a strong case for Jack Del Rio as the most overlooked, underappreciated head coach in the NFL. He has taken the Jaguars to their only two playoff appearances this century. He did it with David Garrard and Byron Leftwich, not a franchise quarterback. He took the Raiders to the first playoff experience, like Mark said, in 15 years. Here's some numbers I crunched. The Raiders, Crunch it, baby. The Raiders were 56 and 136 from 2002 until they hired Jeff. Jack Del Rio, a 292 winning percentage. They are 594 since hiring mm. him. The Jaguars mm. are 218 winning percentage since firing mm. Jack Del Rio, who had a 500 record in his years with Jacksonville. This guy has made his teams better wherever he's been. The, that's all true, and I, and I agree. 
And, but the argument against them would be one you've had against, you know, Marvin Lewis. He, you know, Jack Del Rio's won one more playoff game than Marvin Lewis in the same amount of years. Well, I think 11, by the time he left years. Jacksonville, it the was same. time for him to go. But I, he's a good he's a good NFL coach. He I also think put a, an axe and a log in a locker room. I think he's gotten better with the Raiders too. That's unfair. It's unfair to hold Derek Carr's injury against him this year, and sure. to hold like the teams in Jacksonville. You wanted him to go into New England and beat the Patriots after he went into Pittsburgh and beat the Steelers. I don't know. I mean, I'm just <laughs> saying. I'm saying he's he's been fine. He hasn't. Marvin been, Lewis he was hasn't... favored in quite a few of those playoff games. I don't think anybody had the Jaguars favored. Greg, I, mean, I really enjoyed your pregnant pause. There. Yeah, I mean, I'm just that's fine. That's that's on him that he does. I get. I'm just saying we judge some guys harshly for the lack of playoff success. I think, I think it's worth pointing worth pointing out. I think what he's done well in Oakland, and we'll see how it works too with changing his offensive coordinators. He seems like he knows the league. He knows people in the league. People believe in him. He knows how to hire a staff, and he did a great job of that in Oakland. Now he's switching up the staff, which you would think would be a risk, but it's the second time uh, you know they're doing it, and, and you kind of trust in him to I, find the right I think it really guy. helps to, when you lose that first job, go become a coordinator again, see the league from a different pair of eyes. And when he, He's been a better coach with the Raiders, and he's completely – in a good relationship with the rest of that organization. That matters. His but, aggressiveness didn't start in Oakland. He was one of the most aggressive fourth-down coaches in the NFL when he had Maurice Jones-Drew as a weapon there. And Marvin Lewis has been the opposite, I think. He's been overly conservative to a fault. Right. I'm, I'm just saying he did have five straight years without a winning record. It, it should be noted in the conversation. That's all. Let's move on. Let's move back to Orchard Park and talk about Tyrod Taylor. I think a lot of people, the football cognoscenti. <laughs> nice. Thought that Tyrod Taylor's time with the Buffalo Bills is over after he got benched in week 17 and then Rex, his number one guy, supporter, uh, was fired. Uh, but that might not be the case. You have that uh, $30.75 million contract option, which uh, must be exercised by March 11th. Uh, but according to Vic Carucci of the Buffalo News, Tyrod Taylor has not ruled out a slightly altered contract to remain in Buffalo, but he is unwilling to accept any restructure that would reduce his pay. Uh, and Chris Wessling, as you wrote in your piece on Around the NFL, that's where it gets tricky. It is where it gets tricky because I think you could – both of these sides could have looked in early January and said, you know what, the grass is greener. Tyrod Taylor can go find a team willing to pay him. The Bills can go try to get Tony Romo. And I think now it's become clear that neither of these teams can do any – neither of these sides can do any better. Tyrod Taylor's not going to find a team willing to make him their franchise quarterback. And the Bills aren't going to find – Tony Romo's not going to agree to go to Buffalo. No. Yeah, and it's really? also – I don't know if Tony. Think he that's a whole, no way. Yeah. Tony Romo's people, going to Buffalo. People act like Tony Romo is an M, coming off an MVP season, and there's just great teams out there, and he can just he can just go around and pick. Like, who are those teams? To me, the Bills are a decent roster. No, what roster. he can pick is retirement. Sure. Because why would you go to Buffalo with? Why are they a decent roster? Who's on their defense now? I'm just saying they they they've won 15 games the last two years. There are worse teams looking for quarterbacks like the 49ers or the Browns. The best or whatever. players from their there's defense. not that many great teams looking. You know the Bears maybe. Who played great for their defense last year? Lorenzo Alexander, Zach Brown, both free agents. Stephon Gilmore's a free agent. Where's the talent on their defense? I don't see it at all. This team is much closer to being a four or five win team than a playoff. Well, plus, Tyrod Taylor, wouldn't you rather? Wouldn't I might rather have him than Tony Romo. Tyrod Taylor finished the season playing before he was, you know, sent packing late in the year. He was he played some of his best football late in the year. And if you're the Bills 
and you're going to get rid of him in this way. You've just hired a new coach. What are you going to give that coach a quarterback? You have to know that something better is coming in, and there's literally zero guarantee of that if you're the Bills. Greg, put yourself in 1997, Greg Rosenthal shoes, in a similar situation. Freshman year. Yeah, pre-Tom Brady and all the glory, and you were given the chance to stay with Tyrod Taylor or bring in the exciting, mysterious Tony as Romo. As a fan? Yeah, as a fan. Yeah, I would go with Romo. Yeah, I think that's the way a lot of Bills fans probably feel, but I don't know if it's a good fit for Romo or the Bills. Right, guy there... hasn't stayed healthy for three straight games in, in three years. There's a reason why they benched Tyrod Taylor for E.J. Manuel. There's a reason why they've been reluctant to extend Tyrod Taylor. Right, and Doug Whaley, you know, there was a report that they're kind of open to Cardell Jones maybe competing for the starting job. Doug Whaley used to love E.J. Manuel. But here, here's the big thing that's changed in Buffalo that we, we haven't mentioned. Rick Dennison is their offensive coordinator. Rick Dennison uh, is coming from Denver, uh, a, a team that tried to sign Tyrod Taylor just two off-seasons ago in free agency directly after Rick Dennison and Gary Kubiak coached Tyrod Taylor in Baltimore. So this guy has a history with Tyrod Taylor. He knows him, and you would think he fits the offense pretty well and, and that, that Dennison, who's running the offense, would go for That would be, for Doug Whaley, a loss because it feels like Doug Whaley's yes. been on this bizarre campaign to turn E.J. Manuel into an NFL starter, and it's very tedious. Moving on. The New England Patriots are Super Bowl champions, but uh, the business operation, the business arm of the evil empire never sleeps, Greg. Uh, the Darren Ravel of ESPN reported over the weekend that the Patriots have filed to trademark the phrase blitz for six. A nod, of course, to New England's five Super Bowl titles and uh, their assumed quest in 2017. <laughs> Uh, the paperwork was dated just two days after the Patriots beat the Falcons in Super Bowl 51. Uh, some other interesting little Patriots um, trademark news, Mark, is what we're going through right now. Please. Uh, they're very serious about this stuff. Ravel also reported the team filed to trademark, quote, ignore the noise a week before the Super Bowl. Good job being proactive there, Greg. Got to lock that one up. And filed for no days off on the same day Belichick attempted to get that chant uh, off the ground at the Patriots' victory parade. Uh, the team has received trademarks in the past for both Do Your Job and oh my God, We Are All Patriots uh, in recent years. And they've also recently received trademarks for 19-0 and and The Perfect Season, which I'm sure Eli Manning chuckles about in quieter moments. Well, that's probably what they think will happen next year. I mean, uh, here's my one, the one of all the Blitz for six. These are very tedious. I get why they're why they would want to get lock these down and make sure they don't get put on you know t-shirts made somewhere else and all this business. But no days off is when you to me started to look inc- just well. You, that's when incre- it's right. Actually, <laughs> it is incredibly pompous. It yes, is incredibly it is. pompous, Absolutely. and you're you're looking out at all these Patriots fans, and I realize all them were taking a day off to come to your parade. But secondly, trying to just tell the average person out there that works hard 40, 50, 60 hours a week, no days off. I mean, give <laughs> yeah. me a break. Who is lining up for that and actually living that out? Mark took it as a shot. <laughs> no, because do your job. You, do your job when you're at work. Do your job. That makes sense to me. But this idea that all humans suddenly, Bill Belichick suggesting that no one should take a day off, I mean, that is that is. Beyond the pale ridiculousness. <laughs> I think it was perfect that Darren Ravel was the one to report this because of all human beings on earth, like if the Patriots were beating the rush on Blitz for six, Ravel's the only one who would come up with something that stupid. 
Mm. Well, everyone, they, you know, teams always trademark these nonsense things. It's just, you know, they're it's a little getting... more fun when it's the Patriots. Sure. Remember that the Steelers were all about like one for the thumb. I can almost get that, but Blitz for you know, six is stupid. What are the, like, Jets, stupid. What are the Jets trademarking right. in February? Yeah. I mean, all teams do it if they get into a yeah. situation, but New England is going trademark nuts. Here. But also, Blitz for six is yeah. terrible. It's, it's awful. Terrible. Blitz for six. Do they it's even awful. blitz? Are they like a known as like no, a they're no. not even known blitzing as a defense? Team. It's extremely corny. It's just stupid. We should come up with some other ones then. I'm sure they have. Yeah. They probably have some poor man locked in their basement cranking yeah. out these names, and this one, for whatever reason, made right. it up the chain. Put, one of those no two, of those two ball boys, probably. Put put a ring on your junk. That's they didn't quite make no, where, it. The, where do those two ball boys? No, they're not buried under the mass turnpike. They're coming up with terrible <laughs> slogans somewhere in a basement. A lot of stuff to unpack here. You, Mark has a great take <laughs> on where the Sorry. deflators are. They're in the basement uh, cranking out these titles to stay alive. And um, that's what they – for food and water, they get that. And what was your thing, Greg? What did you say? Well, I, had, I said one of the ones rejected was put a ring on your d- – that was – that was – This day keeps on getting longer for Sydney. It really does. Anything said? No. She left, actually. It's just an empty chair spinning and the door closing. All right. <clears throat> Finally – uh, one last note here, um, as you might have assumed it would happen after I, I threatened uh, the more of the weak-willed listeners about um, the chewing sounds. Uh, someone actually did come at me. Some people really want to hear the banana drop, which I'm not going to just be willy-nilly about it. Uh, it. It probably will come. There are masochists in all lines of work. But there was a, a, a man that very uh, seriously and earnestly tweeted at me that he unsubscribed from the show because it was disrespectful of me uh, to come at him about uh, a sound effect. Um, uh, so I did a little research, and apparently this is a real thing. The people that have been complaining about the drop, uh, the sandwich drop, it is misophonia uh, is is the fear. <laughs> That's pronounced misophony? This, yeah, this sounds, like a, this sounds like a prank misophony. on you. Are you sure about this? I think it's a prank on the people that suffer from it uh, because uh, misophonia uh, is an affliction uh, where Me. people so phony. can't deal with the, the certain chewing sounds or just certain sounds in general that are kind of an everyday part of life, but for some reason it cuts through them. And the good news is I want to be um, somebody that tries to help. Mark, that's why I feel like part of the reason uh, we're on this uh, on this earth is to help others. <laughs> Continue. I want everyone to know that on February 18th and 19th at Circus Circus Hotel and Casino, uh, there will be the fourth annual Misophonia uh, (laughs) (laughs) Association Convention, Mm. uh, President's Day weekend. So you'll have that long weekend so you don't have to take a day off of work. This weekend. It's this upcoming weekend. You could register at uh, misoconvention2017.eventgrid.com. And uh, you could be with people that suffer from the same affliction. And I am not making light of it. Uh, it it's am. very serious. And uh, that's where you can go to get help. Well, you're calling it a fear. Mm. All right. I do not think it's a I, I would say I'll, I'll own up to the fact that the, I, that the sound of people chewing when I'm around, just even in our workplace, when you can hear people chewing on something is, is awful. I hate it. I'm not scared of it. It is just it is I, I cannot... It is gross, and I cannot tolerate it All right. Misopho- to its full extent. Misophony uh, is a strong dislike of, or hatred of specific sounds, also known as 
Uh, misophonia, also known as selective sound sensitivity syndrome, starts with a trigger. It is often an oral sound, the noise someone makes when they eat, breathe, chew, yawn, or whistle. Sometimes a small repetitive motion is the cause. Someone fidgets, jostles you, or wiggles their foot. And if you have a mild reaction, which people are getting a mild reaction from our podcast. Little, I don't blame them. A little bit of guilt here. Is it going to stop the drop? No. Not going to stop the drop. But I feel a little guilty. Uh, some of the symptoms. Anxious, uncomfortable, the urge to flee, which I guess is unsubscribed. I get, I get it. And disgust. Do you like the sound of people chewing on food? I mean, no, no one likes. See, I think it's it just maybe doesn't get on your radar. The apple drop I, does not bother me at all. It's a crisp sound. Oh uh, well, I don't find. What about it the pickle drop? Does that all. bother anybody? The pickle one, the most recent. That is awful. But that is awful. That's gross. Well, no, the, no one likes. It's absolutely. Don't cross awful. me, or you're getting the banana. Getting big yellow. It's always no a difference. horrible upset. There's no difference to me. They're the same. <laughs> oh, Sid, are they the same? Seems like to be more <laughs> of a slurping sound with the banana. Uh, it is next level. Everyone listening to this podcast will come up with misophony if you uh, hear that once. <laughs> All right. So you're here to help, but you are also hanging over the heads of everyone. A terrible threat. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I like the way you handled that, Dale. Thanks. I don't Next, know. Textbook. I, I just try and I'm trying my best uh, to both hear the critiques of the podcast, but also you have to you have to kind of sift them out because you can't. Not every one you need to act on, but maybe this one. After I looked mm-hmm. look this up, I feel maybe a little torn. Like maybe maybe we get rid of the the chewing dress, but I don't know. What about the guy who thinks we're beholden to him? It's fair. He gone. Yeah, he gone. He gone. He gone. All right, moving on. Greg Rosenthal, how do we want to do this? We're going to talk about the, both the free agency, um, the top free agents, and uh, I think, Wes, you said on our last show, one of the weakest free agency classes. The weakest. <clears throat> the weakest, you said, in, in recent memory. Um, and uh, But as of right now, it's all pending free agents, So and, and the tags have not been handed out yet. Uh, so A lot of players will get released. A lot of – Into the – That will the add pool. to the pool, exactly, and, and, and don't – don't forget, everybody, the the um, the San Diego Greybeards. Where are they? St. Louis. I can't remember. We'll have to decide what city they play in. Uh, but this is very important for the Greybeards. We we are tracking all these players as well as we form our 2017 roster. We're very excited. Let me just put it this way. We're very excited about Victor Cruz, uh, both as uh, someone that could play the slot and as an ambassador of the Greybeards I mean, brand. I think this may be the worst – Greybeard's team you will have fielded since going back to like the late 1980s Plan B free agency. <laughs> the Greybeards are your your team of free agents unsigned midway through the summer. Over 30. Together. Okay. If you're 30 or over, uh, you have a home with me. Uh, my franchise, which originally was in Los Angeles, we we uh, we moved to St. Louis, and I, and yep, actually, yeah, we're moving to uh, uh, San Diego this year. So the San Diego Greybeards. Little breaking news right there. All right, now, Greg. Tough, tough break for St. Louis. Can't even keep the Greybeards. I demanded a new stadium. They would not. Uh, they would not you, vote in my favor. You put favorite. it out there. The public did not do their job for you. Uh, my hands were tied, and I, I made the decision. Didn't want to do it. Had to do it. The franchise tag primer predictions for all 32 NFL teams. Greg, you, uh, you put this up on the site uh, today. In fact, Monday. And um, <clears throat> you broke it down into, as you are wont to do, you broke it down into categories. Uh, and let's start with what you call the no-brainers. You have five no-brainers 
on this list, uh, and I'll just I'll name them off right now. Eric Berry of the Chiefs, Chandler Jones of the Cardinals, Le'Veon Bell of the Steelers, Quan Short of the Panthers, and Kirk Cousins of the Redskins. So you're saying in your mind there is no way uh, any of these players hits the market. I don't think there is. The only thing that could prevent a franchise tag would be a contract done in time uh, for them, you know, not to put it on by March 1st or, you know, by free agency. But I don't think that's going to happen. Generally, Eric Berry said he's not playing under the franchise. Like, that's fine. The Chiefs can't let him just dictate. They got to put the tag on him and see. And it's no coincidence. It's kind of crazy. These are the five no-brainers. These were also my top five, not in the same order, but my top five free agents. So these, I, guess these I think, sense. are the five best players, and I don't think they're going anywhere. I don't think there's any chance that any of them are going anywhere. But you have Eric Berry ahead of even Le'Veon. Is there – this is an this order? This is not or? even ordered. Okay, That's gotcha. not even ordered. Thank you. Well, it, I think the reader's going to think it's ordered when they see the numbers here. I don't see what happened. But <laughs> well, there's no, I, what also, would you be ranking them? Um, I don't know. I like I that know. you called them no-brainers, <laughs> but then you give a long paragraph explanation for each. You could have gone been bold and said, I'm not even going to explain it to you. No brainer. Here's the names. Well, have a nice day. Well, you give them, you know, you give them That's some context. Are they going to get contracts? Or is this going to happen? Some background. Chandler Jones, for instance, you might want to know Bruce Arians has already said it publicly, so it's not like I'm out on a limb. Without Greg's explanations, we would not have been get, we would not have been given the benefit of two different strike throughs in the opening <laughs> wow. section. A double strike through. <laughs> two strike throughs. Connie uh, Fox got a strike through. What else? I had two. Whoa. Kirk that Cousins, you oh, like yeah. that. Oh, How yeah. you like me now? A lot of strike through okay. bits. Yeah. In a big spot from Greg. Like can, can I ask you one question? Like of these Be five. Be your heart. Is there Sit. one of these five that could go south? If, there, if you had to pick one where suddenly somehow in a shocking moment of actual breaking news that one of these guys becomes a free agent. I guess K1 short just because of the Panthers history of doing surprising things seems like less of a lock, but uh no, the only thing that could be go south here is Eric Berry and the Chiefs, maybe Le'Veon Bell and the Steelers and their negotiations. You know, Eric Berry didn't sign till August 28th last year. Couldn't you see I mean, you could see the same thing happening in this time it going into the season because he is not happy. And uh, in the next subhead, it's we have the facts and we're voting yes. Royal we there in a big spot. Like it? Any any? See, I thought I thought you being the music. It's a little bit of a nod to a, a music group here. We have so the facts. What, it's a you know yes. Ten thousand yeah. maniacs. <laughs> no. Did you watch the Grammy? Anybody watch the Grammys? By the way, I did. I watched a large portion of them. I did. I texted you about it. Remember? Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. You were n- not thrilled with the Adele. George Michael. I think she did a great job, but the song choice was very odd. Of all the George Michael songs you could pick, it was a it was a late period song that she slowed down. It was a little. I mean, you want to talk about like that's the music business Super Bowl, and they were beset by technical glitches. James Hetfield's microphone didn't even work mm. for half of his song. Wait, Metallica's uh, still around? <laughs> yes, I mean they're they're a warhorse of the heavy metal scene. People still listen to heavy metal. Absolutely, yeah. That surprises awesome. me. Wes, everybody likes different things. I know. I just thought that, like, that, I thought they were like hair bands. <laughs> they ran their course. People were like, oh, yeah, that was They're like, they're that like was the rolling stones everybody liked of to be heavy metal. For a while. I don't think their latest work maybe resonates as much, but they're like the rolling, they're still selling that out arenas and whatnot. The rolling stones. I feel like it would be good. I would love to sit down and watch a four hour Grammy telecast with Chris Wesley. I didn't even know I would they were pay on until that. this morning. Why? Because you don't have a TV? Is it you going to shoehorn this in? No, like why I don't I, have a TV. Why don't would I need know it? the Grammys are on if I'm totally unplugged from all of that stuff? Mm. 
It's about me. Yeah. No, that's You said you kind of like Chance, Chance the Rapper a little bit. Big night for it. Chance. You know, he played. He I like Adele. I he was good. I like Beyonce. I like Adele. I like Oh, Chance. Beyonce. I mean, I was watching this with my wife, and we both thought Beyonce just looks stunning. What she, is going on with well, She's Yeah, she's a very she's attractive woman. <laughs> I thought her performance was actually a little bit ponderous, I have to say. The performance. It was a little really? bit. And I know that's not popular because anything she does, it has to be like, oh, Beyonce stole the show. A little bit on the ponderous side, but she also got robbed. That should have won an album of the year, Lemonade. She got robbed. Got to get that beehive. It's in the old Zeusers uh, car player, actually, the Lemonade album. The car player. Yeah. What it's is the that? only CD I've, I have oh. in the last 10 years because – it's on Greg's uh, service of choice. Uh, what is it again? Title. Title. So I had to actually get the hard copy <laughs> to listen to it. W- one of your weirder bits in the world that not a that, bit that you are very anti-title. I'm anti-title too. It's all about that Apple Music. Spotify respect Spotify. Yeah. Uh, title? Na- what about Napster? Oh yeah, I love this other like global. You know, he was like, oh these guys, these musicians are full of themselves. I uh, let me attach myself to some other. Global no. conglomerate trying favorite. to take my money. What's the difference? Go They're to YouTube. Go to YouTube and Google title opening press conference. Right. Speaking of ponderous. I'll watch that. I'll go look that up tonight. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. And that was our Grammys wrap up. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> now Wait. I get it. I get the field goal call. <laughs> oh, I thought for a second that was Mark's good for you just boiled down. No, to this one is word. good for you. Good for you. And this is the KC guy. Good. I mean, it's it. I don't like to say it, but it's very similar. It is interesting that how the human emotions work. That yours was a, a moment of fury where you wanted to kill everybody in the room. <laughs> no, no. And me, Mitch Holtis me was mostly. one of joy. Me mostly. I'm getting lots of tweets. I even got a, a text from someone being like, you're not really getting along with Mark lately. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. I hope that's Very perceptive. Get a text from someone that actually knows you? <laughs> Who was it? You got to reveal. Got to reveal. It's a friend of mine that you don't know. I'm not going to. You know. Oh, no, one of these guys. Guys. You wouldn't know. One of these, More important one of these. is what was the reply to that text? Yeah, what did you say? Did you pull it up on your phone? I said the same thing I just said to you. Like, what? that's ridiculous. It's just, you know, we're just on the podcast, but I hope that's not uh, coming We were around. texting about La La Land over the week. Greg and I are getting along just fine. Everyone what do you think, Wes? I have no comment. I think that wow. a lot of it Wow, oh, no comment. I think a lot spot. of what happens in this studio is, you know, forgotten about the minute we walk out. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Right. So you, you walk back from that no comment very quickly. Well, I... That's how I would handle just about any outburst in this studio is, is quickly forgotten. Quick, no comment. <laughs> Unless it's made into a sound drop that gets dropped on your Twitter feed 4,000 times. Good for you! Yeah. We have the facts and we're voting yes, by the way. Uh, oh, yeah, back Pride. to this. A death, a death Cab for Cutie album. Oh, okay. I like Death Cab. That's like good. Too. Good drop, buddy. Uh, Terrell Pryor, uh, six. AJ Bowie. Uh, Bowie? Bowie? Bowie. Bowie. Nailed it. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul. And Melvin Ingram, uh, those are the – you, in your opinion, they will get the tag. I'm putting the tag a, on it's them. It's not a sure thing. Really. Well, Pryor is a guy who's fascinating to me. You'd have to make him one of the highest uh, – You did a 180 on this one. Yeah, I did. I, You know, I tried to get some opinions out there, and it sounds like uh, if they – I think they'll reach a long-term – he's the one guy on this list that I kind of think they might reach a long-term deal in time. Because if you're Terrell Pryor and you're the Browns, it makes sense – for him to take 
20 million guaranteed on a four year, $40 million. I could see them coming to like a quick deal. Whereas, but if they can't, then I, I would think you put the tag on them. You can't let a talented player walk I, away, I'm with Mark, you. right? We, we talked about it. I'm totally with you. And the Browns have somewhere close to like $100 million available money. What are you saving this money up for? Because you don't use it year after year. And the, the worst case scenario is Terrell Pryor going to the Ravens or the Steelers or Bengals and blowing up for 1,200 yards with two 200-yard games against the Browns. So how about you keep them? I got something that's going to – should get you very excited, Mark. Uh, okay. Because in my opinion – If it's Brown-related, if it's Browns-related, good luck. You're no longer, to me, the, the most hopeless uh, fan in this room. I think the Jets kind of have a darker future right now than the Browns on some level because I think you there's a 37% chance that you have Jimmy Garoppolo – and Terrell Pryor coming off a 1,300-yard season this time next year. 37% chance, in my opinion. That's I mean, something that, to be hopeful about. If all that fell into place, there would be some hope. Don't. That's Mark's corner. Oh, do the hopeless try, corner? Yeah, do not try stepping on that corner. That, that would be weird, you coming off that corner after years and years. But if there was someone that had to take the corner, it would probably be a Jets fan, so it would make sense. In this room, yes. But for now? You still have the corner, but it yeah, could be I changing. Yeah, I pretty securely have the corner. It feels like it's changing a little bit. <laughs> Last year, this time, you were talking about the 10-6 and six Jets, so. Things change quickly. Anyway, any other one, any of those other names, Greg, that you wanted to hit on? Um, about JP. Mike Garofolo said today that Giants will make a legitimate run at trying to sign JPP before free agency, and that had something to do with the Victor Je- the Victor Cruz and mm. Shaw Jennings releases. Well, it makes sense. If you're going to pay Olivier Vernon 17 a year – why would you not try to pay Jason Pierre-Paul? And if you can't, why not pay him 17 for one year? I don't think that's that crazy. They they can he find. He was the very room. good before he got hurt. They can find the room. Bouye is is a is a guy who might get paid more than Stefan Gilmore or any other cornerback if he makes it. But they had a better year than Gilmore. But I but I, I think they might just tag. Him. They just can't let him get to the open market. The next category: Excellent. coin flips that land on no tag. Is that a death cap song as well? No. Oh. That was. <laughs> uh, this is a three-man group, three uh, well-established players. Dante Hightower, who you last saw uh, being uh, just a wrecking ball and helping the Patriots in their comeback win in Super Bowl Fifty One. Branded Williams, uh, who's right out of the Snacks Harrison book. Uh, as a middle-of-the-line stuffer who can get paid in a big spot. And then Alshon Jeffrey, a little sexy here, the wide receiver uh, who we all know what he can do when he's healthy, but he's not always healthy. You don't think any of these guys get tagged when it comes down to it? These I thought were close to 50-50, but I, I lean towards no. Jeffrey's a tough case. They're, they're going into their third year together, Ryan Pace and John Fox, and, and they're coming off a 3-1 season, and he's maybe the best player on their team. I don't know who who's better on that team, but he'll be due seventeen and a half million dollars coming off of a PED suspension. He was hurt. He doesn't necessarily seem to want to be there that much. That's that's a tough call. This is what happens to bad teams. He yeah. predicted mm-hmm. they're going to win the Super Bowl, Greg. He, that's true. That's a fair point. Got to see that through. <laughs> Definitely got to see that through. And then uh, you have the final category here. Not quite. Uh, you have uh, six names here. Uh, that don't don't meet the criteria criteria, but they could be considered. You would think not quite a Delaware single from way back. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Stephon Gilmore of the Bills, Tremaine Johnson of the Rams, Nick Perry, the uh, outside linebacker of the Packers, uh, Kevin Zeitler, the guard of the Bengals, Riley Reif, uh, and Larry Warford. You doubled them up. How about that? Yeah, it's a couple options. Cheating. Lines. These are long shots. And then Barry Church and Morris Claiborne of the Cowboys. And the Cowboys are an interesting case, Greg, as you wrote in your piece. Well, they have a lot of good 
but not great players. I mean, uh, that are headed for free agency. Jerry Jones said it this weekend that, you know, they're looking for some war horses for their defense. And they, they've War daddies. War daddies. I like war daddies. War daddies. Because they've got about five or six guys who played a lot of snaps for them up for free agency, but they're, none of them are superstars, so it's, it's a tricky offseason. All right, so those are the— Gilmore, by the way, forget about him. He's he gone. He gone. He right. gone. So a lot of those players that we just talked about will hit the free agent market most likely uh, come March something or other. When does free agency start this year? It's a couple days after the combine. Um. So that's early, early March. March. Uh, so, uh, Wes, you worked up a little bit of a list. Uh, we'll take just a couple minutes here uh, of players that we didn't just discuss, but th- that are going to be at the top of the wish list for teams that have a lot of money to spend this offseason. But uh, the gifts that they're shopping for, maybe not that great. Yeah, I, it's t- telling how shallow this class is that almost every worthwhile free agent has been named in Greg's piece on potential mm. Franchise tags. One guy is Calais Campbell. Actually, the the Cardinals have three guys with Chandler Jones, Calais Campbell, and Tony Jefferson. All should be getting paid. Calais Campbell, 29 years old, one of the best defensive linemen in the NFL. And I don't know if the Cardinals are going to pay him or not. He's one of those guys I was surprised when I saw he was only 29. It's kind of JPP. It, like, JPP is only 28. And those they've been around and playing at a high level for so long, and they came into the league young that it just – you didn't realize. I think Campbell could get huge money. Don Terry Poe's another one. If the Chiefs are going to eventually find out find a deal for Eric Berry, they won't have enough cap room maybe to sign Don Terry Poe, who is maybe not Brandon Williams because he's been he's had more health issues at nose tackle, but he's one of the most athletic nose tackles in the NFL. Who, Greg, and I know you worked up your own list, and then you two gentlemen, the scientists, will go in the lab and make the top 99. But who is – at first blush, the free agent that's going to get the most wildly overpaid, mm. in your opinions. Wildly mm. overpaid. Mark, if you have an opinion on this. AJ, I just want to hear what Bouye. they say. Yeah. Oh, you think so, huh? I do. Why, why, why don't you think he'd be worth it? Well, he's only had basically eight good games in his career, and they were the eight, last eight games of last season. He's had, half a, he's had a half a good season in his career. Jimmy Garoppolo's had two good games in his career. And everybody needs cornerbacks. Makes sense. Stefan Gilmore is a guy who I think showed enough in his Buffalo career, but the, if you think about Sean McDermott and what they did in Carolina, they they didn't look to pay Josh Norman. There was kind of the scheme who made their cornerbacks. He's a guy who's going to get to free agency. He could get paid a lot. Alshon Jeffrey's a good player, so I hate saying he's going to be overpaid, but if he makes it to free agency, and I think he will, he'll be the – the highest paid wide receiver in the league. I don't think and he's not close to being the best wide receiver in the league, but I think he'll be making more money than any wide receivers ever made. I mean, I, I think he can get a Calvin Johnson type of contract. The way you asked this question, I didn't take it to mean that it's going to be a bad player exposed. Like, right. Evier Vernon was the most overpaid player last mm. year, and he ended up being kind of worth the contract. But was he? Right. Was he in the end? I kind of think they would totally do that again. I guess right. if, if you can just add an above-average starter – and you can fit him under your cap. It almost doesn't well, matter. Will Kirk Cousins not be overpaid? Oh, yeah. 25 million. Every quarterback's paid that. I mean, that's just how quarterbacks are paid. I, this list, though, with the look with the class that we're looking at, you guys used to do, I thought it was nice, you'd put someone notable at 101. If it was Michael Vick, <laughs> I think. Vick was times. there. He was kind of like the Wick in, I think. But what are we going to be at at 101 or 99 or whatever this list is? It's going to be just, Victor Cruz. Oh, what? it's going to be Vick. <laughs> yes. Right, no. There we go. 
<laughs> Put them at 99. We might have to go to 201 to get the Victor Cruz. <laughs> it, I am a little, you know, worried or not worried, but every year everyone says, oh, this is the worst free agency class. It has been trending that way because I think teams have more cap room, so they keep their better players. So I think that's that's somewhat true. But there's going to be values. There's going to be good players. I don't necessarily I, think it's it, it's going to be way different. Isn't than it up the, to teams, though, year. to not – get in these bidding wars for players that aren't worth it, do they have to kind of see what's happening here, the trend-wise? That You're you asking can't... them to collude? I'm asking them to, well, no. That's, what are you it saying, sounds like Mark? that. I'm just, how about we don't go pay, you know, a right guard 10 times more than he's worth if he's not that player? But well, the teams will invariably do that. I When I compiled this list in, in previous years, right around 55, 60, you start getting to the point where you're like, these guys are all the same to me, and, and nobody wants to sign any of them. This year, the cutoff point is like 30. Really? After the 30th guy, you're like, these guys are crap. Makes the draft even more important. You got to build through the draft, Mark. Big <laughs> offseason for you. I mean, a lot of draft picks. Why is it an offseason for me? Because you don't even know if a draft works out until you got a lot of bucks and a lot of draft picks. Wow. The Cleveland Browns, it's all in front of them now. RG3 could be a free agent. Well, that's one. How put him, put get, him on the jet. You were getting all fired up about RG3 on Twitter the other day because some Browns fans were apparently delusional enough to think that he could still be the answer behind center. Yeah, it, it annoyed me just because RG3 was one of the most impossible players to watch last season. And the idea of going into another year with him as your quarterback, and that includes after, what, five months of like hyperbole and ridiculous comments and statements about what he is in the offseason when you're throwing over a practice fence and hitting someone's house. I don't need any more of that. Let's get a real quarterback in there and get it done. If he hits that free agent list. Ooh, he could be 99. West West would not allow it, but he could be 99. I might allow 99. A a saucy backup quarterback? That feels like a nice 99 spot. I could could definitely see that. I mean, there are are interesting names and players. Like the Patriots and the Packers, for instance, have a lot of free agents, like Martellus Bennett and Hightower and Sheard and Logan Ryan. Like some of these guys, they're going to get – Packers have seven or eight guys – who are, who are playing a lot. If you need a wide receiver, I think you can kind of find a wide receiver. There's a lot of depth there this year. Kenny Britt, Pierre Garçon, Kenny Stills, and Deshaun Jackson. I mean, th- these are guys who are going to be starting in starting lineups next year. All right. Jets have no good free agents. That's a plus. It's because they have no good players. <laughs> but <laughs> that is, that is, What are you going to do? That speaks to something terrible and very chronic. I'm coming up on Mark's corner real fast. Do, do you want to? Why is this a victory? It's not something you? I want. I'm, yeah, just saying, I'm looking at the reality. of. I can tell you it's a living hell. You're welcome to overtake <laughs> it. This, this reminds me of the uh, laborious um, – it's the pain rankings debates over who had it worse. There was a lot, a lot of hurt. I don't know about hurt feelings, but a lot of debate back and forth between the fans who had it worse when you came uh, out with the pain rankings. mm -hmm. This is a phenomenon in sports. And it started with Bill Simmons, like waving the flag for how much pain you've gone through as an athlete. It's it's something that if if that's all you have, you at least want to be recognized for that. Yes. So like when I did those pain rankings a couple summers ago, when, and I think I had the Bills three or four. There was just fury from Bills fans. Mm. You can't do that to us because we know nothing but pain. Uh, so you need to make us number one. Well, you know, everybody has a, everyone has a case. Once you get to that really sad group of five or six teams, mm. everyone has a really strong Well, unless case. you're a Chargers fan who you didn't even put on the list, and now they don't even They would have had it. This would have put them onto the list. This would have taken them <laughs> over the top. That's what they needed. Didn't you add them? 
after the I was starting to, on a project over the summer, and then Falcons I couldn't get LaDainian Tomlinson to talk to me, so I just abandoned it. That's how these things go. <laughs> yeah. Great. And then I went on my summer vacation, and I said, away we go. <laughs> We're flying. All right. Falcons could be at it now. That's a, that's also a tricky thing. Do the teams that have some success make some Super Bowls, do they, you know, that's another conversation. You need to do a middle-of-the-pack pain rankings. Don't get the most painful or don't get the best. Just like – 16 to 15, mm. you know what 16 I got to 10. A lot of last month was Packers fans saying, oh, hey, I, know, I know it's not conventional. No, it's not. But who has suffered more than us? How unbecoming I'm not, I'm not listening fans. to that. I, you know, I didn't hand out any blocks, but it was, it was met with That's many eye That's a blockable offense. Many no, an eye roll. That the, is highly absurd. Yeah, the, the idea you could do would be just the, the most forgettable teams in the middle of the pack rankings. Yeah. That would really annoy people. That would uh, anger people. That would get maximum clicks. That's what the end around is looking for. All right. That's it for today's show. Um, I think we promised three shows on Thursday, but I believe we're actually doing two, sh- two shows. We pulled back the curtain, and in retrospect, it was a mistake because we made promises that we probably aren't going to keep. We're only doing two shows this week, and that's the way it is. Listen to one of them twice. That adds up to three. There you go. So we will be back on Wednesday – uh, uh, with our second and final show of the week. Uh, but we promise to make it extra special uh, just for you, even uh, for you people suffering from mis- misophonia. I will. Uh, misophonia. I have, I have taken. Thank you. I have taken your I like issues. like the Luther Campbell version better. Under advisement, and uh, we will decide. We might throw the whole drop out now. We might do it. Okay. I mean, that would be <laughs> – that would that would show a lot from that would be the most generous thing you've done since uh, you know taking away your vengeance call on Derek Carr that he didn't know about. I didn't take it away. It's <laughs> definitely indefinitely I've halted it, but I do check in on it occasionally, and he still has not unblocked me. But shout out to all <laughs> I'm talking hundreds upon hundreds of uh, uh, listeners who have been hitting up Derek Carr. Keep doing it. Bury him for this. He deserves it. I think it's gonna have the negative effect <laughs> for you, but I don't, you know what? I don't care. Maybe that is my vengeance, ultimately. Keep sending them out. Maybe it'll change his mind. Uh, we'll be back on Wednesday. Thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, until then, this is Dan Hansa signing off for The Quiet Storm, The Mailman, The Old Boss, and New Money. Behind the glass. Till Wednesday. Misophonia. 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 Jairus Bayard. Jairus Bayard. Misophonia. 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 You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.